I'm Lord Toley. Uh, I take part in Lords as a blog, an attempt to bring more people into understanding what the House of Lords does. Today I'm interviewing Nick Robinson, the BBC's political uh, correspondent, and on the nature of the relationship between politics and the media. Profoundly important relationship because it affects so much of what you hear and see about the political system and how it works. So I, I think we have some interesting discussion here and I'd very much like it if you put your comments on the blog site. We'd like to know what you think. 24-hour media, immense impact it's had on politics and the way we do our politics in this country. Is it a good or a bad thing? My slightly glib answer to start with is it's like the weather. Yeah. You know, given that we can't reverse it, I, yeah. I don't spend too much time agonising whether it's for better or worse. It seems to me... Um, Clearly, there are downsides to it. The speed with which stories move now means that there's a danger that people are constantly looking for a fresh angle. Uh, and that means you can move on from the facts too quickly. All too often in the 24-hour news culture, you fill time before an announcement by speculating about what it will be mm. or by reading out the handout that's been given by one politician or another. You then very briefly say what's happened and then you spend the rest of the day talking about well, what do they mean by that and why? And it seems to me there is a danger that the core content, what was actually announced, rather than interpreting it or anticipating it or talking about the reaction, can be lost. I think some of that happened before, frankly, 24 hours, seven media, but that's a, that's a downside of it. The upside, of course, is if people are interested, they really can engage for a long period and, and get a lot more than when I was a kid growing up. You get your sort of two minutes on the news. If you are interested and you go to BBC Parliament or the News Channel or Sky indeed or whatever, you can get a lot of content very rapidly, not to mention the internet, of course. Fine, but are we excluding the public from political debate? After all, you journalists and we politicians, we get pretty excited about the combat nature of politics and, and the media. We might be very interested in whether this media minister should resign or not, but is the general public really looking for that sort of input from their politicians and the journalists or are they just seeing us as having the same sort of argument which is irrelevant to their lives? I think there's a danger isn't there of, of having as much media as there is because of 24 hour 7 and uh, also because of the internet means that politicians and journalists who've always or throughout history loved being in each other's company, gossiping, chatting and swapping now have got a way of doing it in public as well. Uh, via the media, and it's, you could say, the same with people who love horse racing or, or whatever hobby or interest it is. There's bound to be that. But the job, as you say, has to be about reaching a mass audience. And for all people talk about the 24-7 media, remember, most people are still getting their political news from the big television news bulletins. That's where all the evidence suggests people are getting most of their news. They're getting it uh, audiences of many, many millions. The audiences go up at times of national crisis, you know, when people are concerned about Afghanistan, after terrorist attacks, God help us, and so on. And there are moments of, of well, in the national debate, where there's an issue that dominates public life. I'm thinking in recent years of not just debates about wars, but things like, for example, the debate about tuition fees, or uh, the debate about 90 days, where day after day, on big mainstream news bulletins with millions of viewers, people are not just getting the debate, but they're also seeing the parliamentary process, the ping-pong between the Commons and the Lords, for example, on that 90-day issue, which is probably the first time that people have given a lot of thought, or many people have given a lot of thought, to exactly what the House of Lords is and what it does. 
The doom and gloom nature of the media, have we got the balance right here? I, it troubles me that we know that elderly people are more afraid to go out uh, than they need be because the crime levels for them are fairly low, but it covers it in, it covers crime against elderly people in such a dramatic and gloomy way. And like so much of the news, you think this world is a terrible place. I, I don't want a situation where you only get good news, but I do wonder if we've got the balance right. Well, I'm not the BBC's home editor, and Mark, Mark Easton mm. is, and he'd have chapter and verse on this. Yeah. But I can think of a number of occasions yeah. on which Mark has gone onto a BBC yeah. news bulletin and said, look, look at these statistics. Crime mm. figures are going down. Mm. Uh, now, on the other hand, I think it's too glib to say, well, the figures are going down, people are worried. Ah, mm. that must be the reporting, mm. that's the problem. Mm. It is possible that people's anxiety relates to something different from straight crime mm. stats. There are people who argue, mm. I know, for example, that even though your house is less likely to be burgled, your car partly thinks the technology is less likely to be broken, mm. in, mobile phones are less likely to be stolen because the technology allows them to be blocked. The antisocial behaviour, as the mm. former Prime Minister Tony Blair always used to call it, that creates the fear. Yeah. So it's a different sort, and that isn't often that sort of behaviour isn't recorded in the crime stats. Now, I'm not sitting here pretending to be an expert in crime stats because I'm mm. not, but my. I do think the BBC on a number of occasions has been willing to report. I think where you've probably got a fair criticism, what we don't is we don't tend to headline it. Mm. How do you think people are going to find out about the detail of legislation and the information about general legislation which affects their lives if we only concentrate on the big issues of the day? After all, uh, you and I might be interested in uh, some of the big stories, but what often someone watching the news or reading their newspaper wants to know is, you know, what's going to happen to my benefits or, you know, what's going to happen about my job training, things of that nature. But I would argue, and I hope this isn't just pushing it back to you, that the centralised national media we have, and undoubtedly we do have a very centralised national media, is a reflection of a very centralised national politics. Mm. Now, that is beginning to change. The Scottish Parliament, the Welsh Assembly, uh, the London Assembly and the London Mayor is beginning to mean that you're getting a more vibrant local media as well where people are saying, well, now hold on, I need to watch mm. that programme, not national news, in order to find out what those people are doing in my name. Now, I think we've got a hell of a long way to go compared mm. with the media that you get in American cities uh, or in German London, but that actually starts with the mm. politics. It's because the politics lies in those cities and in those regions that the media then follows it because people want to know. So I don't think the media can drive that. The one, the one slightly more optimistic note that I'd give uh, is this. For years I've met parliamentarians and said, well, whatever happened to the parliamentary page mm. in newspapers? And what about the very straight reporting that you've got on television news of parliamentary debates? And the truth is, quite a lot of that has gone. I'm not mm. going to deny that. Mm. But in its place now is growing up an ability for people to get that via the web in a much more focused way about their lives. Uh, Parliament website is now much better than it was. The BBC's got a very good new website called Democracy Live, where what you can do is you can put in the subject that matters to you, you can put in your location, and you can just say, I want to know what my MP said on animal rights. Yeah. And you get it in video, not just in written form. Now, I think potentially that's no doubt mainly being done at the moment by schools and professors and politicians and journalists, but eventually ordinary people yeah. say, that's how I'm going to find out yeah. what's being done in my name. And that's much better than expecting people to go to, you know, page 22 of the yeah. Times, as people yeah. used to once have to do. We're all concerned to get more people involved in politics. Um, one thing that troubles me, and I'll, I'll use an example if I can, um, 
there was a mass lobby of Parliament. Thousands of people came along to lobby on the Lisbon Treaty, wanting a referendum on it. The same day as they were all there, arguing the case with their MPs and members of the House of Lords as well, actually, three young people got on the roof of Parliament and unfurled a banner. And then almost all the news went over to that image. Aren't we sending out a message that says the only really way to get noticed is to be young and fit and climb on the roof of Parliament and unfurl a banner? Don't bother about the argument. And I, I just think if all of those people who came from all over the country to lobby get squeezed out, aren't we just excluding people? Of course there's a danger of that. And yeah. uh, funny enough, there have been a whole series of things like that yeah. recently. I go back to the, the purple powder being thrown at uh, yeah. Tony Blair. Then yeah. there was a scare with white powder yeah. that people thought was out of throwing yeah. put in, in the car. And of course there's a danger. We've got to think very hard yeah. about those sorts of things and how much campaign they got. I'd say on, on the referendum, we've given enormous amounts of coverage yeah. to the campaign for referendum. We might yeah. not on that particular day, yeah. but we've given a lot of coverage on other occasions to that campaign. Sure, but what troubled me most about it was those people had come from all parts of the United Kingdom. Mm. So they felt let down. Yeah. They felt, I mean, I talked to them, yeah. they really felt let down. Uh, and. And, I, you know, even though I didn't want them to win the, the argument, I actually felt very sorry for them. I thought, yeah, actually, but you've been badly done by. Here's he, where probably, yeah. and it's because we're drawing to a close, probably the yeah. right thing to say is this is where we agree on quite a lot of things. We probably, yeah. in the end, are bound to have different perspectives. Yeah. News in the end, yeah. people, politicians particularly, yeah. people in public life, want it to be yeah. what are, what's the most important yeah. thing happening in Britain today or in the world? Yeah. I'm afraid that isn't what news is. Yeah. I mean, that is a key factor yeah. contributing to news. Yeah. But news is what's new, what's yeah. different, yeah, what's yeah, remarkable. Yeah. Now, that means there's another weakness, yeah. that there are some very long-term yeah. issues that are terribly important, that yeah. don't change day to day. Yeah. most obvious one is awful grinding yeah. poverty and death in the yeah. developing world, that don't make it onto news bulletins. Yeah. Because it happens every day, it doesn't look new. Yeah. And that's a limitation to news. That's yeah. why we have current affairs programmes as well. But I think... We, we can't do news bulletins. Nobody ever has, no newspaper ever has either, by just saying, you know, earnestly, what's, what's, what's the most important thing happening in the globe? What we've got to do is first have a test. Is it new? Is it different? Is it remarkable? And then, of course, is it important yeah. uh, as well? And hopefully, on balance, some days you'll look at it and think, well, that's yeah, trivial, yeah. but on balance, we yeah. get that right more than we get it wrong. You have been listening to a Parliament podcast. For more information about Parliament, please visit www.parliament.uk.